You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. Hello, everybody. I am here today with Taylor Bennett, the owner of Mesh, which is a very cool and happening creative agency in the Baton Rouge area, but I know that y'all do stuff beyond Baton Rouge because I see it all over LinkedIn all the time, all your accolades and your awards you're winning. So I'm very excited to talk to you today. Well, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. We're actually recording at Mesh today, which is very cool. So he didn't have to come over to my messy house today. (laughs) My dog is at daycare, so he's not going to be jingling in the background today. Um, but I'm really excited to talk to Taylor, uh, about how you built an agency. Like, I don't even know the first step to doing that. So take it away. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I don't think there's a right way to do it. I know that the way I did it probably isn't the right way. So, I mean, I'll just kind of take you through where I started and, you know, where we are today. And then maybe that'll kind of give some insight. So we, uh, so I started mesh uh 16 years ago and i started literally out of a 10 by 10 room off to the side of my garage it's very steve jobs of you yeah yeah it was uh i don't even i i wasn't trying to be like any i was just trying to pay the rent Mm -hmm. you know so uh started started mesh there and at the time i had a partner who um, I was more on the creative and, I guess, business development side, and he was definitely on the creative side, really, really talented writer. And so um, so we started, he was working out of his house, I was working out of mine, and that's, that's how the agency started. And um, in the first, like, three months, we picked up a contract for an annual report, and that's really what kind of got us got us moving. So we knew that we had, like, three to six months of steady income that would at least pay for whatever we needed mm-hmm. to live. And so we started that way. And right right around, I guess, the six-month period, uh, we had designed a T-shirt for a corporate run for, um, for somebody in Atlanta, a big, a big, big company in Atlanta. And at the time, we didn't know how big it was. And so we designed this T-shirt. Long story short, we had... Um, the VP of marketing asked if we designed catalogs. We had just finished a big catalog for a national account and he invited us to come up and we closed uh, a pretty pretty good deal with, with that company and that's Belgard Hardscapes. And when we started with Belgard, they were a $10 million a year company and national account and, and today they're a billion a year. So it's a big, you know, big, um, big, big client and uh, something that really kind of got us got us moving and started early on and uh, you know to go back you know I, I was not always in the creative industry like creative field when I first went to LSU I was an engineering major oh really yeah so I was I was a civil engineering major for two and a half years and I remember just that was a r- really tough time you know I mean designing in a box and you know that kind of thing and so about two years two and a half years into that I remember being in a class looking through this survey tool and I looked at the guy next to me and I said can you imagine doing this for the rest of your life and he said of course you know what else (laughs) am I going to do and I said I am out of here so I dropped all my classes at LSU and knew that I didn't want to do that, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then um, 
worked at a coffee shop for a couple of months, met a graphic designer, and then that's when I went into graphic design and uh, went to Savannah College of Art and Design, and the rest is kind of history. So what was it like going to Savannah College of Art and Design? Because I hear good things about that school. It was awesome. I mean, it was, you know, I, I grew up here in Baton Rouge. I was never exposed really to the arts and never, definitely never to graphic design. Didn't even know that it was something that I could do, you know, as, as a kid. And so, um, so when I got to SCAD, it was like, it was like being around uh, just a bunch of people who thought like you did, mm-hmm. you know, and you could say, the weirdest thing about something and everybody who was with you would get it you know because they were all creative too and so it was a great time I had a wonderful time in Savannah it was it was amazing and I got a great education and um, and uh, you know it's it, it was good it was it was it, it kind of launched what I'm what I'm doing now so so when you met up with that partner and kind of started working together you were doing the graphic design part of it and he was doing the writing Mm. or a little bit of both we were both both, we were both kind of doing both Mm -hmm. you know um he he was definitely a better writer and I was more on the art director and 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 kind of concepting you know I've always been in in the creative role more somebody who would come up with the big concept and and back then I was doing a lot of the design work too Mm -hmm. and um and so you know, Mesh um, grew pretty slowly, I would say, for the first 10 years. I mean, I would say each each year we added a person, you know. Oh, okay. And, um, and so uh, in 2013, uh, he was ready to retire, and I was really ready to start growing the business. And, um, and so, you know, he retired, and, you know, I started kind of changing the – my focus to bringing on people to help them grow their careers Mm -hmm. and and really like kind of foster growth in their careers and, and, uh, help them kind of in creative problem solving and stuff like that. And so I did that for several years, still do, still do that, Mm -hmm. uh, today. But, um, but, you know, I think, uh, my focus kind of shifted at one point to, not necessarily always just focusing on the work, but also focusing on people who are actually doing the work to make sure that they're empowered to do great work. I do feel like, because I know a lot of people who work here, and it, partially from working with y'all on certain projects, but also just because it's Baton Rouge, it's not a huge place, and I was a creative art student person, so I just know a lot of people who ended up here. Right. And everyone I talk to loves working here. Like, I feel like y'all are like the Pixar of <laughs> Baton Rouge or something. Like, well, thank, thank you. That's I, a- um... I feel like I always hear about like the company culture here being very positive. So it looks like whatever you're doing is working. Yeah. And, you know, I think, um, and that, that's so important. And I think the, the first thing is making sure that, that you're empowering people to do their job, you know, that you're hiring good people who do great work and then allowing them to do that mm-hmm. and being there to help mentor and guide, you know, as, as they go along, but not like, micromanaging the process and and that was really hard for me early on because I'm more of a specialist you know and so um, I had kind of refined my craft as a creative director and at the beginning when I started bringing people on it was difficult because I was like well that's not the way I would have done it you know Mm -hmm. and so 
what I learned though is once I started letting go of that and had really good people working here, they might have done, not done it the way that I would have and the outcome might not even be what I would have imagined, but it it's a lot in most cases it's it's even better, mm-hmm. you know. So I think allowing that to happen and um and really kind of leading as a as a, you know, uh as a mentor I think is his guided the culture here and it's not just me i mean we have you know, 25 30 people now so we've got you know great leadership and mentorship in place for other people you know to learn from you know uh, from other people obviously besides me mm-hmm. i mean i'm in the day-to-day you know i'm still doing some of the the concept work but we've got such good people here now doing the, the kind of overseeing stuff. yeah the whole picture yeah have you read the book? I think it's Creativity Inc. or Creative no, Inc. It's it's about Pixar, which is why I said that I read it um, a while back, and it was a really good read. I'll have to link it when I do the show notes. I think it's called Creativity Inc. It has like Buzz Lightyear on the cover, because yes, Creativity Inc. It's by um, Edwin Catmull, and it's about the leaders at Pixar and how they've done the same to create a company culture of like people being creative, and that's why things have been so successful for them the movies they create and whatever and I thought it was a very interesting book because I'm not in a leadership position in terms of having employees or anything but just the thought process of having to delegate yeah when you're a creative person too I'm sure that's so hard to let go and I just found it to be a really good read so I'll have to link that but that's what this place reminds me of I feel like it is you know it it is hard but I kind of liken it to being a director you know I've directed a lot of commercials and stuff in my career and Trust in your DP to do their job, trust in the photographer to do theirs, the lighting to do theirs, you know, bringing a good team together and, and knowing kind of what your limitations are as a director and letting other people do what they do best. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way I kind of I, I, I determined is the best way to run MESH. And, um, and like I said, there there are people who have learned that, you know, and who are doing that on their teams. Um, one of the great things about Mesh is that it's it's in teams, and so it's not like um, you, you don't have like one one big agency, and you just get work whenever you're available, mm-hmm. you know, as a designer or a writer. Uh, you're you're literally kind of working in a smaller agency within the agency right and so it's it adds to a lot of collaboration with your team it makes the work better you know the client gets to know the team really well Um, in a lot of agencies that I've either worked with or or have kind of seen from the outside looking in there's not that interaction maybe with the creative team on the client side and the way that this is structured you're able to do that. So, and it's important for the creative team too. You know, being a creative, I know that hearing it from the client is always, you know, the best way to, to hear it. So, we make sure we try and make sure that that our teams, you know, get some get client interaction, you know, as much as possible. So, so how many of those teams do you have within the? So we have company. three teams. Okay. And then uh, so and then we've got. Uh, social media is actually on a team, but they, 
they work with the other teams as well. And then we buy and place media too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's part of our function. Early on when we when we got a couple of larger accounts, uh, you know, we started as like a creative boutique firm. Mm-hmm. And when we when we got, you know, Bellegarde and some other clients and they had other needs you know, we started adding services mm-hmm. and, you know, um, and, and that's really, it kind of grew organically like that, you know. And one of the things that, that we've, we've always said as an agency is we're not going to provide a service if we're not great at it, you know. Mm-hmm. So for a while early on, we would bring media in as a contract worker, like mm-hmm. a 1099, because we found somebody who was really, really good at what they did and they were an individual. So we're not opposed to, to work in that way either. You know, it's always for us at the end of the day, it's like what what can make the work great, you know? And um, and you know, we feel like if the work is great, if it's if it's good, uh, engaging, kind of unexpected creative then the business will succeed because of it both obviously the the agency business but more importantly the client's business business. and and that's um you know when people ask what what do you do you know we grow businesses i mean that's we grow businesses and organizations and we do that through brand uh, brand awareness and um and and making sure that people know about these businesses and know what the value is of doing business with them. So, well, that's what I was going to ask. Like for anyone who has no idea what like an agency even is, I have a very um, skewed point of view because I watched Mad Men. Yeah, <laughs> and also because I've I've worked with agencies like y'all. Right. In right. a capacity, I've never worked at an agency. So what? You should what think about. Do y'all it. do? You should think about. <laughs> I do think about it sometimes <laughs> because it is. Um, it is like you said, excited to work with people who have the same mindset as you. Right. Um, and I loved Mad Men and I think it's interesting to like, it's kind of like what I do by myself, but with even more deadlines and just on a bigger scale because there's just more people and Mm -hmm. more clients and more, more resources and, um, bigger budgets and just everything's like heightened. But I do just want to know, like, what what are all the things you do? Like, if I oh was like gosh. a if I started like a bakery, which is a joke because I can't right. make anything, <laughs> and I came to you, like, what could you do for me? Like, yeah. what are all the things that Mesh can do? Yeah, well, the, the first thing we do, we do not, we don't engage with a client unless their brand is positioned appropriately. Right. So that's okay. kind of that's our rule, and and for us, that's because, a good yeah we, um, standard to have. I yeah, because we know that. Uh, if the brand isn't positioned right, it, it's not going to be able to succeed long term. We might be able to buy and place media, generate leads to a website, you know, and that'll help short term. But if the brand isn't established and positioned correctly, we're going to have problems somewhere down the road. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that's where we start. We start at positioning the brand. And if it's a new company, you know, then we've got a clean slate. Typically, a company will come to us. They've been in business for you know, a long time. They've, they've had some success, and they've kind of hit a wall. And so they're, they're looking for ways to, to kind of get through that. And so the, the first thing we do is look at the brand, see what the position is, like both internally and externally. We look at 
we look at several things, you know, as far as the culture and the mission from an internal perspective. We make sure that whatever we're creating as a brand can be bought into by the staff, mm-hmm. you know, because those are going to be your brand advocates. Um, and then we look at, you know, from a recruitment perspective, like what's that messaging look like and how does a brand translate to that? And then from, you know, uh, employee, uh, I mean, um, customer engagement and new customer acquisition, you know, what does a brand look like there? So, um, so that, that's where we start. Once the brand's established, once we develop a campaign that's centered around the brand, we start looking at a content strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, what does the content look like? Which is very different than what it was, you know, even seven years ago. It's changing you know, every day. It's insane. The platforms I mean, are forever evolving. It's, and it's, it's hard to keep up. It's crazy. It really is. I mean, but, you know, content for us um, gives us the ability, like, for some firm like professional service firms to educate customers on different topics that they might not be aware of and that creates value for for customers and potential customers and so it makes that relationship a little bit more sticky you know Mm -hmm. um so that's done through e-marketing social media you know other tactics like that video um and then we we develop a a full-on marketing plan for a lot of companies you know that we work with and so that includes you know it's a calendar it's on a spreadsheet Mm. what what we were talking about earlier (laughs) which i don't like spreadsheets and i don't even know how to do one (laughs) but um but yeah it's on a it's on a spreadsheet it's 12 to 18 months um it tells you where your brand is going to live what media it's going to live in what the budget is what the allocation is uh, it's based on the seasonality of the business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, making sure that we're uh, spending the dollars when we're going to be able to pull clients in, you know, and not wasting that budget. It's kind of it's similar to, you know, a financial advisor. I mean, right. you give them money, you expect to get some kind of return from it, you know. So that's the way we look at, you know, our engagements with our clients. I mean, we want... We, yeah, we create beautiful, you know, beautiful things, but at the end of the day, we want it to return value to them. That's what I was just thinking about when you were explaining that, because creatives make stuff, right? you know, but there has to be the analytical people there to be able to dissect, how is that successful? What can we do better next time? What are the insights? What's the data? Like, and right. that's, I think, where the agency role comes in, because you have both right. on the same team, whereas someone like me like I don't have that side of the brain to do stuff so it can be harder sometimes so I think um it's interesting how you don't have to necessarily be like a creative person to work at a creative agency not at all really I mean I think that I think most people who are attracted to the agency life have some type of creative ability whether Mm -hmm. it's just problem solving you know and I'm not talking about what we do you know as far as like graphic design or copywriting and stuff like that but they look at things a little bit differently Mm -hmm. you know and they want to come up with a unique way uh or or, you know to uh to conquer a challenge you know and so um but you also you've got you've got the numbers people here too as well 
And, um, and that's just, to your point, that's just so important because um, we have to measure the effectiveness of the campaigns and the work that we do. So Yeah, you and I were talking about <clears throat> social media management before we started recording and how I was saying, you know, it is, it's like a full-time job. Right. And people only see the pretty photos of it, but on the back end, like there's got to be somebody who is dissecting everything and it can be so time-consuming and it's a very valuable thing. And like you said, the platforms and such are changing every day and it's getting harder and harder to understand why is this performing this way is it the audience do they not like it is it just the algorithm is it just i mean there's so many factors that can play into it so how do y'all keep up to date with all the changes that are happening digitally in this you know social media climate that that's a good question and i mean the the honest answer is we do as best as we can. I mean, yeah, it is that's a good it, it is literally changing minute by minute. Yeah. And if anybody tells you we we understand digital, you know, a hundred percent and and can you know roll with um, you know the the changes and and understand them a hundred percent, I would run. You know, if you're right. thinking about hiring them, because it's it it is it's forever changing. I think we do a really really good job. Uh, staying ahead of that uh, we, we subscribe to different services that allow us to kind of stay uh, connected mm-hmm. and they offer some of that content that people who are uh, over social or digital are able to, to learn from mm-hmm. um, we use Sprout Social that manages all of our accounts um, yeah. and, and they provide some continuing education and stuff like that uh, we're constantly looking to get people certified in different um, aspects, whether it be SEO, Google, um, you know, Google certifications, mm-hmm. uh, even Instagram and, and Facebook, you know, working with their team uh, on their side to make sure that, you know, we're understanding the changes that are, that are coming a month, two months from now, and, and we're not having to deal with them the day they get there you know so it's a lot of it's a lot of collaboration um and you're right i mean used to you would develop a print ad or a billboard and you'd put it up and it would be done Mm -hmm. and you'd measure traffic counts or you know uh readers or you know something like that to to you know show what the measurements are to the client and now it's minute by minute tracking you know and it's it can be fickle and it can be like why did this not perform right was it because instagram was down that day or there was a volcano eruption somewhere so people were looking at that or you know when it floods here and everyone's like on their phones like it's weird so then there's more people on their phones but you don't you feel insensitive posting about something that doesn't have to do with that and there's so many factors that can be playing into why something doesn't perform well and it's easy to digest when it's just you. Like for me, I'm just like, well, that picture sucked. Oh, well, moving on to the next one. But if you're running it for a client, right. it's kind of hard to explain that sometimes. Like, well, this is why this isn't performing well. And it isn't always, it's sometimes out of your hands, I feel right. like. And I can only imagine um, with like some of these big customers and clients and brands that y'all run social media and stuff for, how explaining that to make people understanding and I liked your answer of like we do the best we can because it no one ever knows the answer on that and so and yeah I mean we hire really really smart good people and Mm -hmm. and they do they do a great job but you know I mean to your point you might you might be targeting one group like and have a, a real real 
well-defined ad buy um, for that particular group and then one person who's a friend on that group who doesn't fit that profile sees it shares it and then all of a sudden a whole other group is Mm -hmm. connected to that post and engaging in it and so you know that that kind of stuff can happen unpredictable and you can't contain it (laughs) right you totally can't so i think i think the way to to overcome it is to to be educated enough to be able to explain it to clients you know um and and really educate clients but all that takes time you know and um and so you know, a lot of a lot of uh, people feel like, you know, well, social media, you should just be able to create a post in like two or three minutes, post it, write a little bit of copy, puts, boost it. I love that. Yeah. You know, you just boost Throw a 25 post. bucks right. on it. You just boost a post and voila, it's, it's done. And that is just not the way it happens, you know, Mm-mm. at all. No. I mean, there's a lot of thought that goes behind the ad buy. There's a lot of thought that goes behind the copy the visual, you know, um, and, and so, and, and a lot of time and, uh, and a lot of time monitoring, you know? Yeah. That's why I love when people who don't, who aren't in the digital space or the creative space, they're not thinking like we do. Like when I see a post, I'm thinking about all these things like that's right. cool that that brand did that or like, Oh, I see what they're doing. What are other people just, you know, it's just, um, subliminal marketing to them, you know, right. because they're just there. So I love hearing when people are like, man, you know, I went to Target and bought some avocados and then I got home and there was avocado sponsored in my feed. They're so crazy. I mean, it's because they're smart people right. at agencies that are putting so much thought and effort into figuring out like, why, why did you buy avocados? Like, right. when should we, you know, sponsor? Like, it's so interesting. And, Serve up the next And ad. it's obviously so um, successful because people are just being fed content all day and the smartest people at the agencies are the ones that are figuring out how to target what's relevant to the people who it matters to. Yeah. Um, and so I think trying to explain to the average Joe who doesn't think about digital media, doesn't understand social media, doesn't care about it in the way that like people like us do. I think trying to explain to them like why like your selfie is not doing well or like why this is not working. It's just, it's another language because there's just so many factors. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, our, our director of media says, she read some statistic the other day and it said something like your brand has to be seen seven times a day before it's memorable on seven on seven I've different heard mediums. that too or not even just your brand but just like this idea like if I want to sell right. a hat people aren't going to buy it to the seventh time I've asked them to buy the hat correct yeah. which and that sounds like to me like oh that's too many times like I don't want to bother you I just already posted about it once why don't you already know right. about this but it's true because there's just so much content being like force fed at us every day that you really have to like be consistent to cut through the noise yeah which is insane yeah yeah it is it it and, and you know I mean like you think about like I was saying like even seven years ago I mean we weren't we didn't have Mm-mm. 20 different social media platforms Mm-mm. I mean it, you know it's just it's changing so quickly and I think yeah I think an agency's job is to keep up with it not only keep up with it but understand it be educated on it you know I think as the you know um, you want you want to offer continuing education to your staff you want to make sure that they're well equipped to answer questions and to be able to do great work and um, and that all that all takes a significant you know amount of resources and investment so I think that you know 
to for going back to to you know in 2013 when I decided to I guess press the go button and and start growing this thing my passion really changed to to really help people do great in their career and even even you know we we hire a lot of young people here um, and young smart people and even when they move on like you'll be interviewing Jacob later on this afternoon mm-hmm. you know he was here for uh, I think four years and I mean he's still he was here Friday checking in visiting and you know uh, seeing what he's doing now you know and um, and being able to know that we played a small part in, in, you know, enriching his career and making him, you know, be as great as he is, you know, I think that's awesome, you know, and that's really what life's about, right? Well, that's I what mean, this podcast is for, too, just because, yeah. like, I selfishly kept getting insight from really cool, talented people at just, at like, a party or an event. I would just be talking to someone, and I'm like, I feel like I'm getting so much out of this conversation. It's a shame that, like you know, this is it. It's just going to die right here. Right. Like, let's see if I can start recording some of these conversations with these people because everyone's got so much to offer. And I get stupid questions all the time and I don't know the answers to them. So why not have really insightful people on a podcast come talk to me so right. I can learn at the same time too. I, I just like talking about things that are, um, I'm one of those self-help junkies. Yeah. Like I love all those like motivational books about like creative entrepreneurship and stuff. And I think that's why I like the podcasting realm so much because you can really just get it all out and like I don't have to type it up and (laughs) you know it's just a a fluid conversation with someone who has like the knowledge that maybe you don't and so you never know what you might learn by just talking to someone for you know 45 minutes or so right yeah yeah it's a great idea we might have to do it at mass just so that we can learn some more you know yeah well I mean it's not I didn't make it up or anything but it's like this is not like a groundbreaking thing but I do like just sitting and talking with someone different over and over again and learning about like oh so what do you do like oh that's so different than what I do but there's so many common you know um, denominators between everyone's jobs that you don't know about until you start talking to someone about it and and podcasting is something that we do you know for clients as well oh really yeah it's part of the content content you know I mean and building content some clients you utilize this medium pretty pretty regularly yeah so well, that's just another example of how the landscape is just always changing and so it now really you add is. in podcasting and i love how podcasting is booming right now because it's essentially just like radio show which was like the original you know start of media right, right. <laughs> so how right. have we come full circle and now everyone's like oh a podcast like that's so cool and i'm like have, it's the same thing as like who's on first right. they're playing on the radio in like the 40s or whatever so <laughs> it's funny how it's come all the way back around but yeah. with that being said what's your favorite form of media that i mean i know you say you do graphic design but after working here and being a part of so many campaigns and things like that what is your favorite aspect of branded media i you know like i said early on i really my passion as far as creative is concerned is coming up with the overall concept you know if it's a campaign being able to you know develop the campaign based on whatever the tagline is uh, coming up with the tagline or repositioning the brand um, you know helping to work with our copywriters on messaging uh, I I still love the visual aspect Mm -hmm. of design I think it's design is such a 
it's 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 such a part of what we do every day Mm -hmm. you know what we see every day and so you know um, to miss that in you know what we do here and what what you and I do to to skip that and not put a lot of emphasis on that I think is is not the right thing to do at all Mm. so I think um, you know design you know something that I'm still really passionate about and I still I still like to design logos you know when I when I started as a designer, you know, that was really something that I, I always, you know, wanted to do. And um, even before I got into design, I just didn't know I could. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I love, I love being able to break a company down to one simple art form. I hate doing that. Really? <laughs> but that's why there's people like you. Because it's so overwhelming. Yeah. But it's amazing. That's what it is. It's totally just boiling down yeah. some giant company and just boiling it down to like the absolute basics because you look at the most successful logos like nike or fedex or any of these things and they're just so simple and people will see that and be like well why'd that cost so much money and it's like you know how much work it is to boil something so complex down into like one thing and have like an actual solid reasoning for why you did that man props to you (laughs) i can't do it i had someone ask me the other day if i wanted to come talk to um a class about like logo design or something and i was like i that's not for me i do graphic design but and still yeah. very much on the imposter syndrome side of things with graphic design. I can't do the, the really? logo thing. I've done a couple logos, and I've had to do some different logo variations of stuff for Manship Theater right? for different you know events or um, yeah, projects sure. that we're doing. But sure it's easier, too, if you're already under the umbrella of one brand. Or, like, I design on my own stuff for my own brand and my own like yeah. t-shirts and you know stickers and christmas cards and all that kind of stuff for my own brand. And that's easy because I just make what I think looks cool. Right. But for clients, it's... it's a very respectable job and uh yeah it all comes down to an idea you yeah. know and and i mean jumping to develop an artwork before that idea and what that company is all about is 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 developed mm-hmm. is where a lot of people get in trouble designing logos you know so developing an idea of what that company stands for and what they're about even on the verbal side of the brand you know, first, and then jumping into the logo is how we do it here at Mm -hmm. MASH. Y'all have made some very nice logos here, too. It's been fun. I love it. You know, I think, um, like I said, just the simplicity of it is really, Yeah. it's nice, you know. That really is what it it is. It's just simplicity. Yeah. Because all the worst logos in the world is are the ones that have too much going on. Right, <laughs> like, right. And then I, someone has to send it to me and I have to put it on a flyer and I can't scale it down because you can't read what it says. And it's <laughs> just the more simple, or the simpler the better, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And that's it takes a lot of thought. And I don't think people realize that because it's like abstract art or something. People see it and they're like, well, I could have done that. I'm like, but you didn't. Right. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. And, and, you know, the ones that work, they just work and you mm-hmm. feel, they feel right. And I think logos are kind of an emotional I mean there's an emotional aspect to it too so um but and you were just switching topics you were talking about culture earlier and how we have this great culture and you know we we do we do offer a lot of perks you know we get off early on Friday we and then you'll have margaritas every now and then yeah we do they do do some of that we have dog days of summer we have all these great things and and that obviously that enhances the culture right Mm -hmm. but I think what really drives the culture is more of behavioral traits kind of around the agency Mm -hmm. so 
respecting each other, you know, making sure that there's no real talking behind each other's backs, that we respect each other and we're, if, if there's an issue that we just face it head on, I think has, has played a, a major role in developing our culture. Um, with the client being being there to serve the client, you know, uh, and serve each other so that we're not like, you know, griping about, you know, either each other or the client has played a, a major role in that. Um, being, telling the truth, you know, which sounds so like, you know, elementary, mm-hmm. second grade, but I think it factors in to our culture. You know, if you, if you know that what I'm telling you is true all the time, then, you know, it leaves little question or little worry or, you know, there's a lot of trust there, you know. Um, So those types of things um, are so important to the foundation of our culture. I mean, when we first started kind of reinventing our culture, you know, um, it was based on brand and and that, and, and we started throwing all the things that I was talking about like snacks and getting off early and all that kind of stuff at it and it still didn't really click until we started really kind of instilling the values of the company so a lot of creative agencies some don't really pay attention to that uh, but we've we've managed to to do you know a pretty good job with that well it seems like a lot of the people I know that work here or have worked here they're all friends in real life right everyone like hangs out at work and then not at work and so I mean that wouldn't happen if everyone hated each right. other and hated their jobs so right. uh, I think that's pretty admirable for sure it's, that you've created that it's fun and it makes it fun to come to work you know it's mm-hmm. like it's uh, it's not a like it's Monday you know and, and I think most people are totally okay coming into work mm-hmm. today you know it's not like a, it's not dreaded you know well so. and y'all also have orange as a brand color we which do. is Oh, no, what like a coincidence, because <laughs> I am also wearing an orange <laughs> shirt. No, but coming in here makes me very, it's a its a very optimistic place to be. Like having meetings here and coming here, it's, uh, like you said, design's important. Yeah. But the way y'all have designed the office and the space and the coloring and everything, it's its a its a fun, hip spot to yeah. be. I feel like. It's not like this like dramatic, like depressing, like cubicle. Right, so. right. And that's important, too. I mean, when we were... I would say 10 or 12 people we were in a 1500 square foot building kind of sandwiched in there and you know didn't pay a whole lot of attention to that and it it, the environment the chairs people sit in the you know the equipment that they have to be able to do their job all that is so important Mm -hmm. and um and and so we pay a lot of attention to that here and make sure that you know we invest in that and um and, and that people have what they need to do great work. I think that shows. To get back to the branding, in your experience, what is one of the biggest mistakes you see brands make? Or better yet, what is one of the biggest things you think brands should invest in to make their brand better? Hmm. I think the, the first thing is not skipping, not skipping branding. You know, mm-hmm. not, not a lot of, like I said, a lot of companies look to, they'll come to us and say, well, I need 100 leads per month you know, and that's going to increase my business. Sure it is. You know, it will definitely increase your business and it, it might even continue to increase it for six years, six, six months, whatever it is. But if you invest in your brand and you make it a brand that people want to have 
a connection and a relationship with, uh, it, it'll be that much more successful and it'll last longer. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Uh, and, and a lot of times, you know, it, clients don't come to us and say, oh, well, I, I understand what the problem is. My brand is not great. You know, my messaging is off. You know, a they lot don't of know t- those things. They don't. They don't come. A lot of clients don't come to us and say that. Now, some you know, marketing directors are know know that and and, and can, can see come it to us. coming. But yeah, yeah. If it's the owner of a business, it's like I'm not getting any leads, or you know, our sales have gone down, or whatever those things are. And it's our job to really kind of figure out, you know, what. What, what needs to change within the business mm-hmm. and, and within the brand. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I would say that, that that to me is the number one thing. Just skipping branding altogether. Is a mistake. Is yeah. a mistake. The other is, um, I think, going to the visual. Like, a lot of clients consider branding as the logo, you know? It doesn't oh, stop there. Well, I've, I've rebranded because I've done a new logo. And it's so much more than that, mm-hmm. you know? I mean... And and client and people who only do that, they're missing out on the full benefits of what a rebrand can do. I mean, when you when you really engage in your culture, you've got your employees are they're bought in to the company. Mm-hmm. You know, they want the company to succeed. And so, you know, clients who skip that part and just go to a logo or to the external imaging you know, are, are really missing out. So it's important to, to focus and make sure that all those things are considered when doing a rebrand. Mm-hmm. I always so. say, because I go to a lot of concerts and big music concert junkie, but sure. I'm so attracted to like merchandising, even if it's a band I absolutely hate or I've never heard of, but if they have like a good t-shirt, I really want to buy it. But then I feel like I have to go listen to the band because I can't <laughs> just like wear this shirt that I don't think about. That's how you get people in the door right? is with the, you know, the visuals. And I always say, I hate when like a really great band has like terrible branding. Right. There's gotta be some sort of connection there with like the story that's underlying the visuals, like the message, like in, in music's case, like the songs, if right. the songs aren't good, if the members are terrible people, like mm-hmm. it doesn't make me want to go buy your amazing graphic design, you know, t-shirt, but that's just kind of where that disconnect happens. And I think I see it a lot with businesses too, that I'm like, man, you're really talented, but like your brand is not really conveying that right. or vice versa. Sometimes it's an amazing brand, but there's no meat to it. It's just right. like this beautiful surface level thing, but there's no underlying talent or reasoning or, you know, storyline there. And so that's, that's exactly right. I mean, I, I, I think about my mentor is Stan Richards. He owns the Richards group in Dallas and, you know, huge agency, 900 people on, on staff. But years ago, uh, one of his first clients was motel six and I don't know if you're familiar with the radio spots or, you know, um, but anyway, you, they, for a long time, they, they used to run radio and it was by their spokesperson, Tom Baudet. And it was, they're just great spots. So if you ever have the chance, you gotta, you gotta listen to Motel 6, Tom Baudet spots. They're awesome. But anyway, um, when he got the account, the first thing he did, they did was they, they went and visited Motel 6, the chains. And he, he basically said, look, until y'all clean the motel up um, and the rooms need to be a certain way and you got you to gotta invest in 
cleaning up you know the culture and the overall look and feel and the cleanliness of these hotels before we can start rebranding and marketing them mm-hmm. and I thought that you know that first off that's a real selfless thing to do because he's not making he's not that doesn't really affect his business right away mm-hmm. right as an agency but he he was smart enough to see the long game in it and you know, being able to, to step away from the cell and say, look, get this cleaned up and then we'll, we'll go and develop a brand over it uh, was the right thing to do. So to your point, like, you know, if, if you've got a, a band who is got a great brand and who's, you go to their concert and it's terrible, what are you gonna do? Talk about the great brand no, have. you're going to talk about you're how talk about, me and everybody was on stage right. and how they were late and how the fans were gross or whatever. Right. Like, and, and that's what, that's the word that's going to spread. Yeah. Especially exactly. now with social media versus the other way around, like yeah. you said. So, so it's, it's interesting, you know, so we, we pay a lot of attention to that. We kind of make, like I said at the beginning, we, we make sure that the brand is established well before moving forward. And so, um, so that's that's kind of a very long it's okay. <laughs> answer to your long question. answers are what podcasts are for. Yeah. Well, so what is next for Mesh? Like, how do you foresee growth with the company? We um, we've had a lot of growth in the last three years. Um, like I said, we're we're we have three teams now. Uh, Baton Rouge is doing great. We've got a lot of really good things happening here. We've been able to get a lot of business in some other markets, some national accounts. And so I think that the next step is to move into other markets. And so we're looking right now at a couple of markets um, and, and plan on announcing those soon. Okay. So, Very cool. Well, we're going to have to stay tuned for them. the news. Yeah. Yeah. And so where can everyone find more information about Mesh, how to either A, hire Mesh for, you know, branding services or be I guess it's like you're hiring for job opportunities or if anyone listening wants an internship or something is that something that y'all offer absolutely so uh, you can go to our website it's meshbr.com meshbr.com or you if you want to apply for a job it's chat with us at meshbr.com okay and um, and we are you know right now we are actively hiring so looking for creative talent and um and and also some interns okay as well so well that's a question i get asked a lot is like do you know anyone that does like internships or can i intern with you and i'm like i just work at my house i don't know (laughs) so this is your answer for anyone listening who is a student and wants an internship or if you just got out of school and you're in the creative field maybe you should come check out mesh because they're doing some cool things here awesome yeah you're doing cool things too oh thank you i try to look really cool on the internet and so <laughs> you know and we've actually done some cool things together too yeah yeah Visit I've Baton done Rouge some uh, photography for Visit Baton Rouge which is a client of Mesh so they were kind of like the middleman of doing things um, for a campaign that I was doing photos for and then I've also sat in on a couple of meetings with Manship Theater that's because right. the other team because it's two separate teams like you're talking about we right. have one team doing the Visit Baton Rouge stuff and the other team does the Manship Theater stuff and um, my boyfriend works at Community Coffee and I believe 
Yeah. Y'all did yeah, some stuff for them too. We've got so some stuff happening there too. So yeah, y'all are all over cool. the place. Yeah, you are too. So thank you. Trying to be doing but. doing great. All right. Well, I'm going to link all this stuff in the show notes so y'all can click the links to everything, and I will also link that book I was talking about at the very beginning. But thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to Do What You Want Radio. As always, you can find all the tools and links that are referenced in this week's episode at DoWhatYouWantRadio.com in the show notes. If listening to this podcast has brought you any value at all, please take a moment to go subscribe, rate, and review Do What You Want Radio so that I can continue to reach creatives just like you and me. Doing this podcast is a lot of fun, but it takes a lot of work as well, and I do it all by myself. So I really appreciate those of you who keep listening week after week. You've already dedicated a lot of your time to listening to my voice, talking too fast probably, but if you're not tired of me yet, you can keep up with me, my photography work, and the creative services, products, and workshops I offer at jordanheffler.com and at jordanheffler on Instagram. If you want to be hardcore informed, subscribe to my weekly newsletter to get a free branding worksheet, as well as weekly tips and promotional offers for my digital products and merchandise like Lightroom presets, Instagram overlays, t-shirts, hats, and everything else you didn't know you needed. You can sign up at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Thanks again for tuning in to Do What You Want Radio. I just want to let you know that you're probably doing a great job and you probably deserve a beer. So go get one. See you next week.